Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello. So after the week off for the FA Cup weekend, we're back. Uh, I'm joined today by Nick as ever. But this week, given what's ahead, we're breaking from protocol of having guests spaced out because we simply had to get one man on. If the double game week's like Christmas for FPL, then our guest today is the Santa Claus, not Zanka Claus, Nick, of all managers. I'm talking, of course, about Ben Krellin. Welcome, Ben. You won't be mistaken for a stranger by many uh, who love FPL and listen to us. But just in case, and there's a lot of interest about this, for example, uh, RV88 on Reddit asked about the man uh, behind the doubles and blanks. Would you mind introducing yourself and telling the good people about you and your relationship with FPL? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I live up in Northumberland in the middle of nowhere. I've been playing FPL for, this is my 11th year. The first four years, I just played for fun and didn't really get a great rank. But I've been playing for money for the past eight or nine years. And I started doing the spreadsheets to predict the blanks and double game weeks in the same season that chips were introduced because I thought it'd be more important to, to, to be able to predict when the double game weeks would be. And uh, since then, I've just been posting more and more about the blanks and double game weeks and growing a bit of a following on Twitter. Thanks, Ben. Very excited to have you on the show today. And uh, amazing for us to have uh, two such high caliber guests in a row after we had uh, Simon FPL Connect on last week. Um, as usual, just to say who we are, we are Who Got the Assist. You can find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL and also online at whogottheassist.com. And make sure to follow us, subscribe to the pod, and tell your friends if you like what you hear. Cool. Uh, so this week with Ben on, uh, we're obviously focusing in on uh, the blanks and doubles with discussions about navigating those blanks and doubles, uh, the balance between quantity and quality, and obviously chip use, uh, which will probably be our first discussion. We'll then do a shorter version of our features, obviously knowing you on watch this week just gone uh, before taking your questions. Yeah, Ben, thanks for the questions, guys, as always. So let's quickly start with um, how we got on in the last game week. Uh, don't really want to look at it again, but... Uh... I think we should do. So, um, Ben, do you want to start us off and uh, tell us how uh, how you got on uh, last game week and how you've been getting on in general over the season? This season has been pretty similar to previous seasons when I've been gradually working my way from about millionth gradually into the top 200 or 100k. And then I normally try and progress once the 
blanks and double game weeks kick in and try and get into the top 10k. That's my goal this season, but I'm, I'm down in 136,000 at the minute. I managed to score 70 points last week. Obviously, captaining Salah was, was a good thing for me, but I brought in Bauer with one of my transfers and he's done nothing. And also I've got Norton, which is it's quite a nice nice to have with his 11 points and his good fixtures coming up. Um, I brought in Mane a couple of weeks ago instead of um, Sterling because I knew that Liverpool wouldn't have a blank um, and that's not really gone that well so far. But his hat-trick in the Champions League, Champions League will hopefully improve his form in the Premier League too. Yeah, it's always the way, isn't it, when you bring in a player and then they smash it in the Champions League and do absolutely nothing for you. You can imagine that's a bit frustrating. I think I think we're going to talk about Mane and um, just double game week permutations a little bit later. But um, yeah, I mean, for me, I've, I've slipped down the ladder again. It's another red arrow. I think it's just another game week where Kun and Hazard sort of hammered me overall. I guess um, after seeing those four goals for Kun, I just uh, I knew the red arrow was a foregone conclusion. And and two for Hazard just took the biscuit. But I did get um, a hat-trick of assists for KDB and Salah, my captain, goal and assist. Firmino as well um, rocked up with a goal and assist. So um, red arrow, but still quite high. Um, 20k overall rank at the moment. Yeah, nice one, Nick. And then uh, finally with me before we get on to the next bit. I'm, I mean, it, it wasn't a good week for me, but I won't be in a running way. I'm going to talk about it. Uh, 375k, 58 points, uh, a big drop. Unfortunately, I, I captained Sanchez and didn't quite pay off, of course. Um, fine margins. I mean, I put a joke post up a couple of, uh, last week about him missing an open goal when obviously it was a bit of a harder chance than the picture suggested, but it was still very, uh, very infuriating. Uh, it's time to mix things up now um, to some extent. So I've rolled a, f- a free transfer. A long go has already uh, already happened. Um, Van Dijk has come in. I'm awaiting the goal, obviously, from Alonso to uh, to punish me there. And I'm looking to course correct the midfield going forward. So maybe Sanchez and probably Ruben Loftus-Cheek are going to go. Let's not dwell on this, though. And uh, let's get right into it. So obviously, we've got Ben here today. And Ben is, to all intents and purposes, a, a court-appointed expert. In, in the blanks and doubles so so let's let's get right into this and get get right into the meat of our pod today and i think the first thing to discuss is the uh, the blanks and doubles landscape especially after this weekend just gone which we obviously we knew uh, there was a lot of importance attached to that in terms of how the calendar was going to shape out there are lots of questions about this and it's uh, kind of best encapsulated by andrew wilson on facebook who asked what was the benefit of playing the blanks this far out Ben, in a minute, obviously, is best place to explain the permutations. No one's as brainy as him on this subject. But before we kind of get into it, I just want to give a caveat that this is obviously information we know about at the time of recording. There are some educated assumptions that are being made, but we're confident that new information we'll receive after this pod goes live shouldn't really change the story. So in terms of the kind of the blanks and doubles, Ben, what's it looking like at the moment from your perspective? Well, obviously, um, we've got the big blank game week coming up in game week 31. We had all most of those fixtures confirmed uh, last weekend with the FA Cup fifth round. Um, obviously, the teams who get to the sixth round get a blank in game week 31. So we've now got five confirmed blank fixtures and four com- confirmed fixtures. We're just waiting on the result of Tottenham against Rochdale with the final fixture. So we know that the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, Man United will be blanking along with six other teams and that Liverpool w- won't have a blank along with Huddersfield, Bournemouth, Bristol Palace, West Brom, Watford, Everton and Stoke. Those blanks are most likely going to be moved to the double game week in 34. Um, I think it's quite easy to predict the double game weeks when you look at the calendar and you see that the three midweeks are in game weeks 34 and 37. And that based on what's happened in previous seasons, it's almost a foregone conclusion that, that 
postponed fixtures have been moved to those game weeks. It's interesting that three or four years ago, um, the League Cup final didn't cause a blank, which is what happened this year, and that all the quarterfinal blanks were moved to uh, game week 34, and all the semi-final blanks, game week 37. So the same thing could happen this year. We could get all the game week 31 blanks moved to game week 34, and then there's a game week 35, which is a blank caused by the semi-finals, and that they should be moved to game week 37. But that's just speculation at the minute. Um, but we know the blanks of the game week 31 and 35. And also we know that Arsenal, Leicester, uh, Brighton, Man City, uh, Burnley, Chelsea, Brighton, um, Man United, West Ham, and Swansea, Southampton are the fixtures which are, which are going to be kind of carried over to 34. Um, but at the moment, kind of we're we're seeing we're seeing things kind of solidify a little bit. Is that right, Ben? Like we're kind of um, getting the facts we need to try to work out a strategy. Yeah, definitely. With game week thirty-one is the one that we've been trying to plan for, and now that we know all the the teams that are going to blank, well, most of them anyway, we can start bringing in players from teams. So, so that's the landscape, guys. We know that there's a blank in 31, there's a blank in 35, and educated guesses and looking at the past provenance would tend to suggest that the games from 31 are going to move to 34, the ones that have been called off, and the semi-final uh, days, which are going to cause the blank in 35, are going to be moved to 37. So in terms of the chips then, Neil Gupta uh, again encapsulates the kind of question here, which is what what is the textbook use of the chips now? And again, we're going to try to encompass the perspective of as many situations as possible. We can't obviously cover them all, but hopefully you can find things in the advice that we give that will apply to your own teams and uh, will give voice to those without chips as well in, in certain areas. And uh, fr- free hit, which you just kind of touched upon is the first thing. So Noob at FPO Academica asked about this. What's the free hit strategy that's kind of currently on your mind? How are you going to use it? Uh, I'm sure you have it, right? Yeah, I've got my free hit chip. Great. And how are you go- How are you looking to use that at the moment? Well, with regards to the textbook, I mean, this is the first season with the free hit chip. So we're having to really write the textbook and come up with new ideas about when to use it. It'll be interesting to see what, what everyone does. Um, my gut, gut feeling when we first got the free hit chip was it'd be best used in a week, in like a double game week sandwich, sandwich between two blank game weeks, or a blank sandwich in between double, two double game weeks, so that you can use like the boomerang aspect of it, and it'll you'll get return to your team that you had in the previous week. So I'm thinking that I'm going to use it in either blank game week 35, or also um, game week 34 to double game week in 34. Um, I think I'll keep my options open and decide in game week 31. But I'm, I'm, I've already started planning for game week 31, so I, I don't want to have to use my chip then other people might want to do that but um yeah just look at the information available and make the decision which suits your team i think yeah that that makes sense yeah i think i'm going to be following a a similar strategy there to you ben actually and uh kind of go for the sort of a free hit sandwich i think with um i think the idea and what i'm planning is to try and load up with as many sort of blank game week players for that 31 game week I know some people might be thinking about free hitting that week um, for me I'm not too concerned I'm, I probably have enough to get about nine or ten players at the moment without taking a hit which is quite a good place to be in to be honest and I don't want to load up too heavily and take too many hits so I think um, yeah for me 31 um, I won't be taking any more um, hit be using any more chips until probably the wild card in game week 32 or 33 maybe to keep the Liverpool players for one more week and then get those Spurs and Chelsea players perhaps on a wild card game week 33 and then um 
free hit on the 35 in that week where it's likely that um, the teams like City and Chelsea and Spurs will have blanks. So then I've got that double game week squads again for 37. Yeah, great. Uh, I think I'm probably kind of broadly on board with that. Um, for me, the free hits can be paid in 35. And um, I think let's talk about the, the point of playing the free hit in 35 over 31. And then maybe talk about a couple more permutations. Uh, for me, um, I'm not playing it in 31 because of the following. The first is that most people are going to get to seven as a conservative estimate of players who are going to be playing that week. Engage managers, I think, will be able to get to nine. Salah is going to be captained by everybody. Um, the key men in Salah, Firmino, uh, Van Dyke, Walcott, maybe, or Siggy and Wilson, they're going to be very highly owned. There's plenty of time to sort out your, your team ahead of 31. So there's three game weeks. And if you roll the next one, there's potentially four transfers you can make for a minus four. So you can obviously you know, roll, have two, do one free transfer. And then the next week, do do, do three, a mini wildcard for a minus four. Um, so you can add four to your total of blank game week players right now, provided you roll next week. And as a side point as well, there's going to be a lot of transferativity in 31 to pick up those bank players. Um, so I'm going to be looking at a last minute kind of cash injection into my wildcard war chest. If we're playing first, if we're playing the, uh, the the free hit, I, I'm looking at playing the free hit on 35. Um, ben, you mentioned you were going to play the free hit maybe a little bit earlier. Uh, what, what's your rationale behind doing that? Well, I think that's only an option if you've burnt your triple captain, because you'll want to use, if you've got the triple captain and bench boost still available, you'll want to use them in the, the two double game weeks. But if you say burnt your triple captain, then using the free hit chip in a double game week is an option. The reason for doing that is that you can build a specific team for both of the double game weeks. You can free hit in, in the first double game week, and then you can wildcard in game week 36, 36 for the second double game week in 37. Um, you might have a big advantage. Obviously, you won't, have, you won't be able to bench boost um, in 34, so people might overtake you then. But you'll have a larger pool of players to pick from because you won't be worried about the blank in the following game week. And then in, in game week 37, you'll be bench boosting them. It, it might be a problem that it's more, there's more rotation in game week 37 because it's the end of the season. But at least you'll be doing it in, you'll be wildcarding in game week 36. You'll have all the, the knowledge about which teams are still fighting for relegation and fighting for the Champions League places. And you can make a good decision about which team to pick. But I might, I'm not going to make a final decision on, on that um, until, we, until all the doubles are confirmed, hopefully in international break. Um, yeah I think that's a fear isn't it in terms of um, your chips and when to use them because obviously with um, Manchester City for instance you made a good point on Twitter about how um, they'll probably have the season sewn up by then in the league so um, their key players like Aguero will probably be getting a well um, well earned rest and the likes of Phil Foden will be getting more game time and it'll be the same for other players within that team as well that you might think about bringing in like um, Kevin De Bruyne or even Raheem Sterling as well, who's had a lot of um, game time this season. So, and I think that's a, I think that is the risk, and that's partly one of the reasons I decided to use uh, my triple captain earlier in the season when Kane had that double because I knew, well, at the time I, I had the feeling that he was going to play both games, but obviously he was ill for one of them, unfortunately. And I think that that is one risk that you have with your um, your bench boost and your triple captain. So it's quite interesting to hear you guys um, and your plans as to when you're um, going to be using that triple captain and also if you've, you've got any sort of ideas for um, teams and players to use it on. I think Harry Kane's always a good shout because he t- 
he seems to play week in, week out for Spurs, even in the co-season. And it's probably worth doing some analysis of the last couple of seasons. I think he had he had an amazing run at the end of last season. So if he gets that sort of form again ahead of the World Cup, then he could be a, a really good triple captain option. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, we'll come on to triple captain in a second. I think it just kind of, if the free hit either is played in double or in 35, I think that there's obviously an interesting perspective to be covered here, which is uh, encapsulated by JSBQ on Reddit, who asked, what do we do if you don't have that chip? How do you play this kind of, this upcoming uh, run of fixtures? Well, last year we didn't have the free hit chip. And the season before that, um, two years ago, is a very similar schedule to this season where you got the, the blank caused by the quarterfinals and semifinals and the double game weeks in 34 and 37. And what you did was you planned for the, the double game week in 34, but you focused on the teams who, who wouldn't have a blank in the following game week. And this season, that could be Arsenal, Burnley, Newcastle, Swansea, West Ham, and Man City. Obviously, if Swansea get knocked out of the cup, Man City should have a double game week in 34 and no blank in 35. So you lean more on those those teams, and then you can wildcard in thirty six and look to build the game in thirty seven. Um, yeah, the teams like Chelsea, Man United, Tottenham, Brighton, and maybe Leicester and Southampton will probably have a double game week in thirty four, but a blank in thirty five. So it's going to be difficult to have players from those teams. Yeah, it's it's partly about um, looking at the crossover, isn't it as well? And I think probably the advice from us is if you don't have the chip. Um, that is going to be the time of year where you've got to plan what you're doing and um, have a spreadsheet or have like a word document or something just to make sure that you're covering off kind of the the key uh, the key players from from each permutation. So you know, in 31, make sure you've got the, the Liverpool players and you've got the Everton kind of midfielder and you've got uh, enough players to make up the numbers. I mean, uh, you mentioned wild carding. Let's move on to that quickly. Um, and you mentioned a, a strategy which I've got written down here. So FPL Fredo, his wildcard strategy is wild carding on 36 um, and aiming for triple Liverpool in 34 and eight double game weekers. Uh, moving on from 31 uh, with two free transfers in the pocket to pay to play 10 men in 35 um, and a few other people have asked kind of you know what's the best time to wildcard uh, FPL Junior asks is it best to wildcard in first two or 33 for me um, I think I'm, I'm kind of between first two or 33 almost so it kind of depends on the fixtures in 32 for the 31 team I have and how much wiggle room I have um, in terms of affording my ideal side when I wildcard um, if I can't afford my ideal side, um, think, if, if I think kind of, you know, on on the threshold in the beginning of game week 32, when I sit down and think, oh, you know, it's, the blank's gone. Here's my blank team. What am I going to do with it? If I think, well, I can't, I've got 0.1 wiggle room on affording my ideal team for the, the double game week. I'm going to wild card then. If not, I'm going to, I might leave it till 33. Maybe I'll wild card into the, uh, into that kind of game week and then bench boost in 34 because I'm going to probably going to be free hitting in 35 so it doesn't really matter if uh, how that kind of works out and I think a lot of it depends obviously again on uh, on who has what so I think kind of you know we've uh, the three of us again have got our wild cards ready I've, I've already said what my wild card um, strategy is probably going to be and we're going to talk about no wild card in a second but uh, Nick what, what's your what, what's your strategy does, does what I said sound uh, like a good idea or is what uh, FF Fredo is saying about a later wild card make more sense to you? No I think um, I prefer the idea to be honest of the the earlier wild card um, and um, I'm thinking with the Liverpool players they've got Crystal Palace in uh, game week 32 so I'm probably 
going to keep my triple Liverpool for that game because um, Spurs also play Chelsea that game. We can Spurs and Chelsea are potentially going to be two um, teams that are prominent in the wild card. And I'd rather not have those guys in early for that really tough fixture. And I'd rather keep the Liverpool players that are more likely to be leaving my team as part of the wild card. No, I'm probably going to keep Salah and have those guys for that Crystal Palace game prior to then doing a wild card in game week 33. But I think um, I agree with you broadly. It depends how my um, team in 31 are doing, if if they're shockingly out of form and I've done some analysis. So I'll probably be playing around with that weekend with potential wild card teams anyway. And if I do some analysis and feel like I've got a really good, strong um, team ready in game week 32 to pull the wild card on, then maybe I'll you know, pull it that week. And especially if I've got like an injury crisis as well, maybe it might be worth doing in 32. Otherwise, I'll give it a week, maybe just make one transfer, you know, bring in the Manchester United player again, I guess, for the Swansea game, perhaps a a one-off hit um, on Alexis Sanchez because I haven't owned him all season. Maybe that'd be like my one one chance to own him before wildcarding properly on 33. I think um, it depends on when you're playing your free hit. It all depends on that. So you you fit your wildcard around your free hit strategy. Uh, looking at the fixtures in game week 32, 32 and 33, they're kind of convincing me that free hitting in, in the double game week was a better, better option because the likes of Liverpool, um, Liverpool have great fixtures all the way up until then. So they, they have Palace away, Everton away, and then West Brom away in, in 32, 30, 33 and 35. But it's, uh, it's Watford and West Brom and uh, Everton who have home games in 32, 33 and 35. Uh, Watford and West Brom have very, very favourable home, home games. So if you can get some of those players, as well as Arsenal, obviously. Arsenal have Stoke at home in 32, um, Southampton at home in 33, and West Ham at home in 35. So if you can if you can play your free hit chip in 34, you can maybe get gain some ground in 32 and 33. And then, obviously, you'd wildcard in, in game week 36. If you're free hitting in, in game week 31, you probably want to save your wildcard for 36 also. Um, if I was going to be free hitting in 35, I think I'd wildcard in 32 because my team would be in a bit of a mess after preparing for game week 31. And I think by then that the double game week should mostly be announced. So, I'll, And also you'll get one more transfer um, to prepare for the double game weeks if you if you wildcard in 32 compared to 33. Um, yeah, I think that that's probably wh- where my strategy is going. Um, just because I, you know, I think, I think every, every year um, I, I kind of slightly get it wrong. So, like last year, I should have triple captain in 37 rather than triple captaining on Aguero. I should have triple captain Kane when you got four. But, you know, there's, there's, there's so much you can do about that. I mean, every year you think this is the last time I'm going to get it right. But but for me, I think, you know, you mentioned the Arsenal, for example. That's an example of a team that in that game of 28 onwards has quite a good kind of uh, run of fixtures. And, and um, obviously, I'll be locked into a to a blank plan. I'm going to be dead ending then, as we've spoken about <laughs> at length um, before. So maybe it is one of those where in 32, that's going to be a good time to refresh my team. If I've dead ended in 31, um, I'm going to be kind of, as you said, a, a little bit, uh, dealing with a bit of a train wreck, perhaps in thirty two. If I, if I can, I mean, Nick's obviously pointed out the Liverpool players actually having quite a good fixture. So if I can make it work, then maybe I'll, I'll hold it into thirty three. But having that additional transfer between thirty two and thirty three, probably uh, sorry, thirty three and thirty four, might actually be quite useful as well. 
just in case of any injuries or any kind of you know um, outside uh, things, you know, like a, a player looking like they're going to be rested because they're being saved for the Champions League or something like that. And uh, obviously, we shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be graceless about this. There are a few people who don't have their wild card anymore. We're all coming at it from the perspective of owning that kind of uh, that kind of trump card that we can get out of trouble with. Um, how do these people uh, navigate things? Uh, do, do we think Ben? How are they going to get through this period if they don't have that kind of refresh in their back pocket? It's definitely going to be a, a challenge. If you've got your free hit chip, that's going to be useful. Obviously, if you've not got your free hit or your wild card, it's going to be pretty much impossible to, to navigate them without taking hits. And, but if you've just got your free hit, probably play that in 35. You probably shouldn't really prioritize having a full team in game at 31 because the players that you who have a blank in 31 will probably have a, a double game week in 34. So any player you, you take out of a hit then, uh, will come back and haunt you if they score well in the double game week. Yeah, you just got to be aware of everything that could happen and, and make wise decisions, come up with plans and be focused. You'll be more restricted in what you can do, but you should have, find a way to navigate it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense, Ben. Um, I think if you've used your wild card already or if you've used your free hit, I think you've just you've just got to kind of have a look at 31 and think, you know, it's it's not the not the greatest game week. Everyone's going to score poorly. Just maybe have, a, you know, the triple Liverpool, perhaps a double Everton. But the other teams, to be honest, in, in 31, you can take them and leave them. There's there's no real standout players that are must-owns in, in 31, other, other, other than a couple of Liverpool players, to be honest. So I think 31 can be a potential write-off. And maybe even look at teams like Spurs, who have got some good fixtures um, in the next four, and also potential double game weeks, and start looking at those sorts of teams to bring in those sorts of players for the um, for the upcoming run. Yeah, I think that, that definitely makes sense. Uh, so we've, we've mentioned it a couple of times, and um, neither of you have your triple captain. I do. <laughs> My triple captain is going to be playing double game week, and there's no other option. Ben, you've mentioned that um, Harry Kane has a decent 37 in West Brom and Brighton, uh, uh, both away by the looks of it. Uh, he's cut the current front runner if Spurs beat Rochdale, of course. Uh, Aubameyang may have Newcastle and Leicester both away in 34, and Hazard may have Huddersfield and Burnley. Um, but would I ever trust him with my triple captain chip? <laughs> I don't know. And obviously, you guys are both dealing with the fact you don't really have the triple captain chip. And maybe, you know, Ben, you're saying you're going to use your free hit in a, in one of the doubles. And, and Nick, where, Nick, what are you doing actually with with, with that? So yeah, I'm probably just going to try and make some transfers, I guess, for the game week 37, just to to try. I always like to to load up on 15 players if I can for the for the bench boost. So that's quite exciting having up to 30 players all playing within one game week. But there's there's always one or two that are mainstays in my team. So the likes of Salah will probably still be around. So I'm prob- I'll am i be using probably the bench boost in 34, maybe then in 35, obviously I said I'll use the free hit. And then in uh, in 37, I guess it'll just be a case of um, trying to get as many, whoever the best 11 are in my team after the uh, 30, game week 34, 36, what teams have the best fixtures and just try and get out a, a first 11 that's really good. And obviously all those with triple captain will be triple captain in Kane. So I'll probably have to just captain Kane to, uh, to prevent that. Though I like the fact that I'm just assuming that Spurs are going to beat Rochdale at this moment in time, which I keep saying, yep, Spurs have a double. Spurs uh, don't have a black, but it's not. It's still, um, still up in the air, actually, that one. Well, yeah, obviously, as you mentioned, I think Tottenham have the best. If, you, if you're triple captain in 37, you're looking at, at Kane with 
it's West Brom and, and Brighton away, but obviously those two teams could be fighting for relegation. And Spurs might already have locked up Champions League football by then. We don't know what could happen, but um, just make a decision closer to the time. Um, yeah, Chelsea have Liverpool at home and Huddersfield at home in, in 37, so that could be a good option. Well, they, if if the double game weeks get moved as they think they as we think they will. Um, yeah, no, that that makes sense, Ben. That makes sense. And so uh, uh, the final chip to talk about is, is bench boost. And bench boost is an interesting one actually, because obviously, if triple captain is all about the player, um, bench boost is all about the teams and making sure that. But at the end of the day, you are looking to maximise the amount of um, of players who are going to play twice and have kind of you know players on the bench like an each should be uh, on on uh, ready to go for you, um, and. I think in terms of deploying the bench boost, if I go first hit, um, I think a lot of it depends on the numbers uh, for game week 34 versus game week 37, the quality of fixtures. And we can kind of start to make those out as we've just kind of intimated. Last year, I bench boosted in 37. I did all right. So I got 181 points, I think, minus eight. Uh, but players like Anitra B, who was injured, I think, but Bailly and Courtois, they only played one game um, because of kind of other commitments or the fact that, you know, Begovic was getting a final run out for Chelsea. And all these kind of things can make an impact with playing it in 37. So maybe 34 might be the way the way forward. And I think maybe it would be better that I get kind of, you know, 14 times two uh, plus Salah out that 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 week, perhaps. Um uh, so you you guys both have your bench boost going. I think the uh, the majority of perhaps the engaged population, if they've used their free hit earlier on in the season for a, for for an early gain, and they've used the triple captain on Kane, and maybe they've wild carded. Um, the bench boost, if if that's your kind of your, your last remaining uh, ace in the hole, uh, what what do you guys think is the best deployment of that chip? Yeah, I think it's obviously going to have to be one of the double game weeks be it 34 or 37, and I'm leaning towards 34 myself as well because, you know, in game week 37, we're coming to the close season, you know, the title's already sewn up anyway, but other things will be decided potentially and uh, teams will start to to settle down and and not really focus on the league. So I think um, I'll try and use it in 34. But of course, it does depend on the fixtures. It does depend on my squad. But... um, also, obviously, in 34, my team's a bit fresher as well because I'd only wildcarded the week before or the week before that. So I'll, I'll still have a fresh team. I'll know what the fixtures are. And I'm, I think, um, yeah, I'll be aiming to get out as many players as possible, probably 14 plus Salah, a bit like you, Tom, I think, because I think Salah, he's, he's going to be unsellable, isn't he? And it's just, it's, obviously, they've got Bournemouth in 34 and... You can just see Salah getting, you know, a hat-trick, maybe a couple of assists and just outscoring the majority of senior, uh, double game week players like he has been doing all season. So I think, you know, I think, yeah, try and load up on them. the big teams like Spurs, Chelsea, those ones that have good fixtures. But then also having a look um, at some of the teams in the relegation battle as well, because um, you often see those teams are the ones that, perform better as you get to the close season and start actually finding form how about yourself ben what, what are your plans well, for bench boost with my current current plan when i'm, I'm leaning towards um free hitting in 34 so i'd be forced to bench boost in 37 i've done that the past few seasons of uh, bench boost in 37 i remember a couple of years ago it was pretty um heartbreaking when sunderland beat everson 3-0 uh, that relegated newcastle united who i support and i had all the sunderland defenders on in my team had co-named Van Aanholt and I think they all got a goal oh, on assist. I remember that season. <laughs> I think I jumped from 10k to 3k 
in that week. Um, <laughs> that was a strange night. Um, it, it's worth um, looking at the, at the calendar because um, game week 34, you'll be you might be relying on teams who don't have a blank in the following week, like um, Man City and Arsenal, but they'll have just played the quarterfinals of the Champions League or Europa League, and they'll have two games in, in double game week. Then the um, game game in game week 35, 35, and then the semi-finals the following midweek. So you'd think that players would probably get a rest at some point. Obviously, Aubameyang could be really crucial because he can't play in the uh, Europa League. So I think I'm, I'm looking to do Kane to Aubameyang in game week 32, maybe, um, to get Arsenal's great fixtures. That's interesting with uh, with with probable uh, a probable double, um, obviously depending on Rochdale, <laughs> but a probable double um, uh, for Spurs as well. There's obviously a lot of information going around, and hopefully we've um, kind of given given our views and given our voice on what we're perhaps doing. I think maybe it's worth just to round off the section where we go to a break and talk about uh, quality versus quantity and um, just to just to kind of uh, sound off about our particular strategies here. Um, so my strategy just just to begin with is that I'm going to, as I've uh, said, I'm almost definitely going to dead end my team into uh, into 31 Um uh, make some. Uh, I'm, I'm happy we're going to talk about this in a second, but I'm happy with nine players uh, for 31 and um, at the moment I'm looking to get quality additions in so I'm looking to get rid of Sanchez and RLC and bring in uh, Mares and Ericsson who have got three very good games between them um, I think again we'll talk about this later on but uh, Tottenham have got Palace, Huddersfield and uh, Bournemouth um, and Leicester have got Stoke, Bournemouth and West Brom so those are two potentially very few, uh, fruitful players who have got a great run of games so for me I think I'm going to be doing that I and mean, then I'm going to be uh, wildcarding first two or first three, I'm not entirely sure yet. Um, but I'll be playing the bench boost in 34. I'll be uh, free hitting just because it's the least worst option at this point <laughs> in uh, in 35 uh, before triple caps and in Kane, I think in 37. Uh, what are you going to do, Ben? If you uh, we're going to distill it down into something like that? Okay. Well, over the next few weeks, I'll be preparing for game week 31. I might get one player like uh, Harry Maguire who does have a blank. I might take a hit to do. Um, Otamendi to Maguire this week to free up some money. I might also do De Gea to um to Foster to Ben Foster, which seems a bit odd, but it does free up a lot of money and would allow me to do Lingard to um to Sigurdsson because I want to leave my options open um to, about whether to free hit in 34 or 35, and um I'll decide on that in as I've said in game week 31. But West Brom have some pretty good fixtures. They've got Huddersfield at home. Watford away, Leicester at home, Bournemouth away, Burnley at home, Swansea at home. So you'd expect at least some clean sheets over the next few games from uh, West Brom. Um, yeah, and then I'll just I'll make the decision in, in game week 31, and I might use the free hit chip in 34. If I don't do that, I'll wild card in 32 and use the free hit chip in 35. Um, yeah, still a lot to be decided. Sounds like a sound sound strategy. I think uh, mine's quite similar to yours, Tom, in terms of my plan. Just, uh, yeah, dead-ending my team into game week 31, then potentially wildcarding 32, 33, and then um, free-hitting in 35. And I guess it's a case of uh, bench boost 34, 37. You made a good point earlier, Ben, about the bench boost. And in game week 34, when you've got all the Champions League 
teams potentially having their um, quarterfinals. And I remember a couple of years ago um, with Liverpool actually and just being absolutely stunned, uh, stung by rotation by um, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. So, yeah, I'll be... It'll be 34 or 37 for me for the bench boost. But um, yes, yeah, it's still to be decided. I'm not um, I'm not signing up for anything right now. Yeah, for sure. I think if you if you get it right, lucky you. If you don't, I think it still kind of makes sense. As long as you've got um, a plan in place, uh, this is that time of the season, I'll say it again, uh, where, where the business end kicks in and where, where a lot of serious managers, as we see with Ben, um, have have rather complex spreadsheets in place um, ready to ready to take on this, this, this time of the year. Okay, uh, let's take a quick break there and then we'll come on to talking about quality versus quantity and how we're going to judge that in the next three or four game weeks. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back and it's um, time to talk about the run-up to game week 31, the blanks game week. And um, SB on Twitter asked us about quality versus quantity. How do we strike a balance between bringing in quality additions versus bulking up our squads with non-blankers? And what do we recommend? Yep, uh, we've obviously had a lot of questions about this uh, beyond that as well. So uh, Mr. Walker-Porter and uh, Jabu asked what teams we're loading up on. Um, Osborne RHCP on Reddit asked uh, who Ben has changed his mind on <laughs> since the FA Cup results. Uh, Mark, Mark Lund also asked who's kind of expendable of the high-end players, you know, like Alonso and such. And uh, Bilal on the Twitter also said about you know, Alonso and Aguero as being potential full uh, guys here. I think the first thing to talk about here is just a number, actually. Um, so what number are we looking to get to in 31? And what and what's our kind of uh, rationale for getting there and, and why we're choosing that amount? Obviously, there's a few people who are kind of uh, on the blood buzz and they want to get to 11 players for, for that blank game week. Um, but for me, I think nine uh, plus plus one almost because my captain's going to be whoever else is going to captain uh, Salah gives me 10. What what do you guys think here then about about that game week thirty one and and the number of people um, you should be looking for? Yeah, so I've I've looked and I can actually get up to ten players if I wanted to, including John Joe Kenny with only a minus four. So I'm tempted to follow up on that plan, and it could have been eleven players actually. If I um, I've already made a couple of transfers this game week. And it could have been 11 players, but I actually um, I made the decision to to bring in Ericsson this game week alongside Virgil van Dijk. And, and the players I've sold are, um, not surprisingly, Pogba, because he's been um, a little bit out of sorts recently. And also um, Alonso from Chelsea, who's also been injured and um, out of the team. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking up to 10 players. I've kind of come up with a little bit of a plan. I was quite lucky that, that um, Crystal Palace-Huddersfield game is taking place because that gives me straight away Zanka and Hennessy. Not that they're going to be scoring me many points that game week, but um, I'm looking at also John Joe Kenny, who's also still in my team, Virgil van Dijk, who I brought in, uh, possibly keeping Jones and Simpson on the bench. Then I'm also looking at um, Sigurdsson and Walcott, Salah Milojevic as a possible swap for Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And then I'm also looking at Callum Wilson, potentially for Jordan Ayew, keeping Firmino and having Harry Kane on the bench. So that's that's my that's my broad plan anyway um, at the moment. Obviously, it depends a lot on what happens in the next um, few game weeks. But at the moment, it's quite tough actually in terms of the transfers because um, that's the thing. Like, I'm looking at the week before, and it's it's very interesting. Game week thirty, 
we, you talk about Palace as a p- possible option, but they play Chelsea in game week 30. Watford play Arsenal. Bournemouth play Spurs. Stoke play City. Liverpool play Manchester United. And these are teams which are really good for game week 31, but their game week 30 fixture is appalling. So if you're going to load up on players for game week 31, you're essentially looking at game week 30 and writing it off. So I'm probably going to try and roll and maybe take a minus four that game week and um, and keep the core of my squad for the next few game weeks. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, I think everyone should really be looking to save their transfer in game week 30 and making two, maybe taking an extra hit in game week 31. If you're going to want to get Watford players, it's probably worth bringing them in now because they have the two home games in 28 and 29. Obviously, they've got the two away games in 30 and 31 against Arsenal and Liverpool. I'm looking at, obviously, the West, West Brom. I mean, they're having a bit of a nightmare at the minute, but they do have good home games. And then with Everton, it's three of the next four away. Obviously, they alternate home games with Liverpool. So Liverpool have the home games while Everton have the away games. But I still think I'll, I'll try and get Sigurdsson because I think he could be influential in their attack over those, if they get any chances in those away games. Yeah, and obviously I'm going to monitor the injury situation. I think Coleman's scan results haven't come back yet. And if, if John Joe Kenny, if he's playing every every week, if he's guaranteed a place in, in 31, then I might have to bring him in. I've already got my three Liverpool players. I've got Salah, Firmino, and a few weeks ago, ago I got Mane. I might regret that decision um, in a few weeks. But yeah, maybe I'd wish to have a, a Liverpool defender. But... Because looking at the defend, defend, defensive options um, for the teams who play in 31, it's quite bleak outside Liverpool. So that's why I'm looking to bring in maybe Harry Maguire. I'm looking to have 10 players. And the hit I'll take is to get Maguire just to get Leicester's good fixtures. I mean, when you're making your decisions, it's worth looking like, we're thinking like, will this player who doesn't have a blank score more, more points in his next four games? versus this player who will have a blank will score in his next three games. And obviously Leicester have Stoke at home, Bournemouth at home, West Brom away, and we'd back them to keep some clean, clean sheets then. Yeah, that's exactly where, I, where I'm kind of going. I mean, I think with, with any sort of transfer, I mean, I look at that, uh, apart from Van Dyke, who I own, I mean, that, that was why I didn't do Mane. Um, <clears throat> but looking at, at the defensive options, I, I'm afraid of everyone who's on that particular list. I published my uh, little article about uh, what what happened last year and my experience based on that. And obviously, it could have been closer if I you know, done a couple of things differently. So, Captain Kaku over Mane, and um, had done a little bit better. But I did kind of show that uh, qualitatively, at least, um, people who aren't really aware of what's about to happen can do better than you if you are over over focusing on those kind of uh, quantity of purchases rather than buying quality players and so you know I'm thinking um, I mean Nick you mentioned I'm you're bringing in Ericsson I'm also thinking of bringing in Mar- uh, Mares as, as well alongside him again with the Sanchez and RLC the opportunity cost of that so the economic principle of opportunity cost is that if you if you take one opportunity you obviously forego another and the opportunity cost of getting Mares and Ericsson in means that I lose um one body uh, for, for for that uh, blank game week but the way I see it that body is likely to be a 4.5 defender so the value proposition that I'm looking at is uh Mares and Ericsson over the next three weeks or uh, Siggy over four plus one of them and uh, one appearance from, say, you know, a Mariapa uh, kind of character. And I, I think the kind of uh, the, the pairwise comparison, it becomes a no-brainer um, to focus in on the quality, uh, especially with the Leicester and uh, Spurs fixtures 
falling out that way. And I think kind of let, let's move on kind of slightly here um, to a few players that maybe we'll be looking at in each category. Um, so what kind of players that for the short term, we've mentioned Mara's mentioned Ericsson. Are there any kind of other players that we'd be thinking, well, they've got a blank, but let's keep that upstairs and let's focus on the here and now. Are there any other players that we're looking at? Um, ben, you mentioned Maguire. Anybody else that, that, that may make it into our teams, regardless of the fact they've got a blank in 31? I mean, you might want coverage of the Leicester attack. We've already mentioned uh, Mahrez, but I've got Vardy, so I'll, I'll keep Vardy and I'll, I'll ignore Mahrez. Uh, looking at the fixtures, I mean, Chelsea have tough fixtures. Um, Man United have a, like, tough fixtures too. So it's really just Leicester and, and Spurs, I think, that have got the really great fixtures, but also a blank. Um, yeah, I think I think after the Ma- Manchester City game, you've got to start looking at Arsenal, and I, I quite like um, the idea of Aubameyang. Like you mentioned earlier, Ben, he's um, cup tied um, in the Europa League, so he's not going to be playing those games. Lacazette's also injured, so he could be a really um, tasty differential um, for the rest of the season, really. And if you get him early, you can you can get him in before before the inevitable price rises once he starts um, finding his shooting boots, especially in the Premier League. So I think Arsenal um, is another team, especially after after 28, um, that a lot of people will be starting to look at and people might look at Mkhitaryan and other players from the team as well, perhaps one of the defenders like Monreal, who's been quite free-scoring. Same as Spurs, I guess. Um, we've talked about Ericsson already, but there's also um, the sort of fallen star, Deli Alley. Um, has another option. Son Heung-min has been very good for people this season, and and obviously uh, can't talk about Spurs without mentioning Ben Davis um, as a potential uh, fullback option. He's actually um, he's <laughs> die, actually leading the, he's leading the way on the uh, market forces actually this game week again. No um, way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I um, and then um, Swansea as well. They've got good fixtures for the next four: Brighton, West Ham, Huddersfield, Southampton. So um, I'm going to be hanging on to Jordan Ayew for a little while longer, even though he's. Probably not going to score at all, but um, there's not too many options in Swansea. You mentioned earlier you've got uh, Carl Norton, haven't you, Ben? And he's he did well last game week, so he could be a, a potential cheap defender, but not necessarily someone you want to to waste a transfer on. Yeah, that's right. I'm delighted that I've got him in the squad. I've actually got Tom Carroll sitting on the bench, and he's ma- made his way into the first team now that uh, Bears got injured, I think. So he might get a cameo and uh, in the place of um, Chuba Moting one of these weeks. Yeah, Chupo Moting, just, just don't remind me of that guy. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that, so that, that's kind of some quality picks. And qu- quantity-wise, obviously, we've, we've got a few kind of people to talk about. Like we've spoken about the defenders to some extent. And apart from VVD, as I said, it's going to be a rogues gallery of cheapos, effectively. And to me, it feels like the defence is fairly low, uh, low priority. And I think that you know, Nick said earlier, game week 30 represents a very difficult set of fixtures for a lot of the game week 31 targets. So it might be that on the game week 31 mini wildcard um, that I bring in players um, for for my defence, which is absolutely looking shot to pieces at the moment. Just for context, I've got uh, you know Lewis Dunk, John Joe Kenny, Og Bonner and Chilwell alongside uh, VVD, of which you know, Kenny's the only one who may get a, you know one pointer or something. Um, so, so you know, <laughs> with the, with my defence, I've, I've been waiting to try to change things, and you know, it's the case that Sorrow waited, Sorrow won. It's not quite worked, um, and you know, I've had other fires to put out. Um, 
but you know, players like Daniels or Yamma, I think perhaps are players to bring in for those games. It's like kind of, uh, especially because I'm going to be wildcarding pretty soon afterwards. It feels like if I'm dead ending, I might as well get in players who are going to perhaps get me something offensively in that period. I mean, uh, defenders wise, guys, uh, uh, Ben, let's start with you. Are there any defenders apart from maybe a Liverpool defender uh, that you're particularly looking at or any gem you've managed to unearth? Well, not really a gem. It's more just about long-term thinking that I'm going to maybe do De Gea to um, Ben Foster uh, this week just to free up some money as well so I can get World Cup. Um, yeah. Um, Everton, I might get one of their players next week if we know about the injury situation. Um, and then I'll probably leave it and maybe just get one in with one of my transfers in game week 31 because a lot of the teams... Uh, like Bournemouth and Huddersfield have good fixtures in 31. Like Crystal Palace without Zaha scoring less goals, so it might get a Huddersfield defender. We'll see. Yeah, I mentioned the getting uh, getting the podcaster's favourite. Hadrajane, uh, get, get him, getting him in uh, in game week 30 because Huddersfield have got a couple of decent fixtures and, and who knows, they'll be playing teams around them. And Nick, Nick you've obviously got Zanka in the Zanka, Jorgensen, <laughs> haven't I? Yeah. Um, so I'm not really looking at um, making any defender transfers, at least in my sort of provisional plan. Though I think if I was to recommend one guy, it probably would be Charlie Daniels um for that West Brom game before that they've got Spurs so I think that's another case of waiting until game week 31 but West Brom at home very um good potential for a clean sheet there and then they've got Watford and Crystal Palace after that as well so there's no rush to sort of get rid on your wild card in game week 32 or 33 if you want to you know keep him for a little little while longer so I think Daniels is a good option in uh, for Bournemouth but like you said you mentioned Mariapa I'm not sure about a Watford defender just because they've got Arsenal and Liverpool. So I just can't see clean sheets in, in game week 30 and game week 31. So I'm not really seeing the, um, the appeal there, but yeah, my, my defense is looking a little bit shot at the moment too. And it's, it's just struggling to get two players out each game week at the moment. Oh, so uh, yeah, I know the yeah. feeling. And then, I think I think maybe 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 let's move on to midfielders where there is a bit of a, a more of a plethora of options. Um, I mean, me and, uh, Ben and I we spoke about it on Twitter a little bit that um, we're all fishing from a very small pool. I imagine uh, the FPL community is a lot of Eskimos all all, uh, all fishing in a in a tiny pool on an ice lake, and uh, the, like kind of all of those who are engaged managers are kind of slowly shuffling over to a smaller uh, bolt hole. <laughs> than the rest of the uh, the rest of the community, but midfield is obviously a place where there is a plethora of options. Like you've mentioned, you've got you've got Mane, Ben, and um, you know you've got Walcott and FPL Sig- uh, royalty Siggy. Uh, the two men Everton to watch, perhaps uh, Siggy was looking involved in the last game. The last four, he's got an XA and expected assists of one point one, creating a chance every 70, 70 minutes. There's a Walcott shot every thirty seven minutes first every fifty nine for Siggy, and. Uh, you know, but it's one you mentioned that they're away games, and that's one's for Everton, and it feels like they're kind of a team that I'm happy to keep an eye on at the moment. But ultimately, uh, I mentioned I'm bringing in Mares and bringing in uh, uh, bringing in uh, Ericsson and Nick. You've already brought in Ericsson. It feels like they're a team that I could happily get on in 31 and not really be too worried about. Uh, Shakiri, um, of course, another guy to, to to mention there. I mean, we've, we've got, both got Chupo Moting, uh, Ben and I, but that that's a that's a terrible, terrible uh, signing. Never sign him, guys. <laughs> um, uh, so, so, so midfield wise, um, 
So, so Ben, you've you've got Mane. Is there anybody else um, outside of him and Siggy that you're particularly looking at in this particular period? Is there is there anything else that you're uh, potentially going to be uh, thinking? Oh, that's a nice little uh, buy. Well, I would quite like to get Dale Feu, but um, I think I'm going to prioritise Sigurdsson above him because, as I said with Watford, they have good home games all the way up to game week 34. Um, yeah, with the Everton away games and the comparison between Sigurdsson and Walcott, I think Everton will get less chances away from home, but maybe there'll be better chances. And, and Sigurdsson is more likely to be involved in the goals that they score. So Sigurdsson might be, I mean, he's got a higher floor, but a lower ceiling, but you might want to trust the players with the, the higher floor for the away games. Yeah, so Absolutely, could, could net, net an assist or something. Yeah, I've, I've got Lingard, so I have to really get get rid of him this week and, and I'm looking to upgrade to Sigurdsson, as I said. Yeah, I think Sigurdsson, someone um, on a lot of people's radar, as is Theo Walcott, who I'm thinking about, and also Miljojevic of Crystal Palace, um, the penalty man, Maestro. He's got three goals in four now, unbelievably. Um, He's actually got four in six. So um, he's very cheap as well, 4.8, which I guess enables you to spend a little bit more money in other positions. So he's someone I'm looking at. Um, I'm also looking at Ducore from Watford, who's had a quite a good season so far as another potential option, I guess. No, I'm, I'm not really thinking about, you know, taking a minus eight or minus four to, to buy someone like Ducore and setting like someone like Sterling because, um, you know, Watford's fixtures aren't great. It's the same with a lot of the Game Week 31 teams. I think so everyone's going to have Salah. We're all going to end up with very similar teams. It might even be a boring Game Week, to be honest, I think, just because we'll end up with similar scores. Those that are engaged managers, hopefully we'll end up with Green Arrows. But I think, uh, yeah, it's a case of um, with the midfield, there's, there's the same old faces. I think a lot of people will be drafting in Walcott who's um, started off quite well. A lot of people are looking at Sigurdsson. I think we're talking about Walcott versus Sigurdsson a little bit later, and I've got some interesting stats on those guys. But, um, yeah, I think, um, I think uh, yeah, we'll, we'll all have very similar midfields, to be honest. Not yeah. very exciting. Yeah, I think I think so. I think... Um... Yeah, I'm. I'm just going to walk it back to the uh, to the to to the kind of positions, but to some extent, I think you're right that um, you know the key men are going to be covered, and I think um, I, I don't think it's worth talking about the forwards too much. Um, but I think that Firmino and probably Wilson, are, Firmino, I think is going to be fairly highly owned. I know Ben, you don't really own him, you don't own him at this point, but I think he's going to be one of those who a lot of people are going to have. And Wilson, uh, obviously, with the with the game now being on, was a big boon to many people, including me, uh, because it's emboldened my uh, my strategy to to, to prioritise quality over quantity. I mean, maybe there's kind of Nias or Benteke um, as one week partiers who may be creeping in, um, but. I, I think I think the reality is, as you said, Nick, that a lot of our, a lot of us are going to have similar teams. And to me, all of this adds to the point that free hit in thirty one feels like a little bit of a waste, um, because you can navigate your way to eight or nine players. I mean, you don't have to do it immediately. It can be a bit of a slow show. Like you can do um, manage transfers to get yourself there, but. You know, if you roll your transfer in twenty nine, you've got a f- one free transfer to do in game week thirty to thirty one, and then uh, sorry twenty nine to thirty. I mean, you've got three that you can do between uh, thirty and thirty one. So that's four players you can bring in a- on top of your total to cover all of the key men, 
Captain Salah and you're going to do okay. And I, I think that probably probably our words here to to end this kind of section uh, is that perhaps free hit is a bit of a waste in 31 as it stands. Um, ben, would you say that's pro- perhaps true? Yeah, that's right. I mean, the differentials that you have will be like the lower ranked players with the lower projected scores. So you might only gain like an expected like 10 points or seven points on people. Um, so it's not that useful. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, let, let's take a break there then, guys, and we'll go on to our feature section after this break. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back and there's uh, just a quick feature section for you this week. Uh, the first thing to talk about is our anti-meta team. Uh, this is our team of players who aren't in the template, uh, all being spoken about in the wider discussions in the FPL community at the moment. We try to keep them under 10% owned. And, you know, uh, for reference, our team is uh, uh, full of players like Edison and Lossel, the two, two goalkeepers, uh, Cahill, Ake and Nyom uh, feature in the back. Um, there's the likes of Sanchez, who unfortunately uh, didn't, convert this week a uh, siggy atsu uh, Millie uh, showing up there um and uh, up front we've got Giroud, uh Aubameyang and rashford um and uh yeah all the wine is all for them this week nick unfortunately um alan yom uh the uh the, the stalwart of that team didn't play unfortunately and they're down they scored only 39 points in a high scoring game week especially those who owned aguero uh which saw them plummet to 1.6 million so um the meta is in full force and the template is, uh, I think, really showing uh, its worth now uh, because there are so many players with the same player, so many people with the same players. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, no Nyon watch this week. Um, he uh, didn't play and he also didn't play a part in stealing a taxi like his West Brom compatriots. He was sensible, wasn't involved in the incident. Um, so, yeah, they're all back in England now, loving their life in the rain. But, yeah. No, um, no, no one watched this same week. Uh, Shall we move on to um, the market forces section, our regular section? We use FPL data in a section to talk about the key trends in the economy, just to give an insight into who's moving and who's shaking and who's rising. And um, I mentioned earlier, Ben Davis, he's the big riser um, this game week. And there were chortles abound on the pod last week when I mentioned him as being a, a good pick for the next few game weeks. But I guess he, he proved his worth, didn't he, Tom, with an assist and a clean sheet. And now with um, Palace, Huddersfield and Bournemouth up next, he's um, attracting some attention with uh, over 150,000 net transfers in so far, more than any other player. But there is always that risk with um Gentle Ben about Danny Rose, um, who's now back from injury and played against Rochdale, and he might get some more game time. So there's a possible risk of rotation there. Yeah, even though I love Ben Davis and the attacking potential he provides, my main worry about him, despite the fact they've got three great fixtures, you said, is is the Danny Rose factor. Um, it was so much easier when Danny Rose was out for a an injury of unspecified origins, wasn't it? I think yeah, at this point you've got. Uh, Rose, you've got Serge Aurier. I can see why people have brought him in off the back of the performance with the fixtures coming. Um, but for me, it's probably a bit too rich for my blood in terms of being a bit of a, a bit of a risk. Definitely, and also with a uh, Champions League involvement, a uh, key second leg against Juventus, and um, still in the FA Cup as well. Uh, but the guy who's actually um, fallen and he's fallen in value as well is Marcus Alonso. He's had over 126,000 um, net transfers out so far. The Alonso train really um, kind of grinding to a halt now with his injury, poor fixtures and uh, 
and blank game week. But I think um, both me and you are very, are very sad to be uh, saying goodbye to Alonso. He's been a mainstay of my team since game week one. He scored six goals for me. And uh, yeah, he's been um, one of my shining stars of the season. So um, I may look to get him back for the double game weeks. I don't know at the moment because he is he's very expensive. And if I get in someone like Alonso, it prevents me from getting other more expensive midfielders and strikers, so it's a 50-50. But yeah, um, you were sad to say goodbye to Alonso as well, weren't you, Tom? Yeah, uh, any game, I think that he can he can return you points. And it's one of those things, that, you know, you think you can wait until the next time that he returns you points. But in this current context, hard decisions like that have to be made. And, you know, I've removed Alonso for Van Dijk, who's good for the next the rest of the season in effects. But particularly good for the next few and it's, it's just the case of of hoping you don't face humiliation uh f- through making a big call like that um but i think it is on paper the right call obviously the hindsight will probably show that it was a mistake but but, but, but for me um it makes complete sense to get rid of him despite the amazing stats so um one of the guys who's actually rising in value though is um Sergio Aguero and uh, you know we didn't really want to talk about him to be honest but um, there's been 120,000 transfers in for the Argentina enough just four goal haul he's uh, got net transfers in of um 88,000 time of speaking. But um, I'm, I'm just wondering if owners have left it too late. Gabriel Jesus is returning. The fixtures are stiffening. They've got Arsenal and Chelsea up next. Um, then they've got Stoke, and then they've got Blank. Um, Pep's attentions will also be on the Champions League. You're probably going to start seeing him be rotated in the league. And people who are bringing him in now, you know, it, it might be a bit late, personally. You never, He probably will get a hat-trick against Arsenal now, but, you know... It's. Uh, I feel like um, his moment in the sun was last game week, and if you didn't own him, you missed out, and that's that. Yeah, definitely. And you can see that there's a couple of kind of alternative strategies cropping up in the data. So you can see that Nias has been brought in by 95,000 managers, and uh, Firmino um, has been brought in by 45. And I think that that's kind of where the market is slowly going. I don't think that everybody is going to be coldly removing uh Aguero especially if he's if he served you well over the last four and hats off for doing that um but at the end of the day I can see why people are kind of looking at his 12 uh, 12 million price tag and thinking well it might be worth shaking him off and getting somebody else in yeah definitely and it's interesting actually that because he's he's experiencing quite a lot of sales as, as well as buys so a lot of people are drafting him in but he's also being sold by quite a high number so uh yeah i think uh 34,000 people have actually sold him which uh probably where um the likes of nias and Firmino are, are picking up um purchases because uh there's not there's not really any strikers that are being heavily sold but we've got three strikers right at the top of our uh, market forces um or piece but i think the last couple of guys we wanted to quickly talk about is um lingard and pogba and uh both of those guys are, are being sold quite heavily i've sold pogba already ben was talking about lingard but um yeah over 70,000 net transfers out for Lingard, over 66,000 for Pogba. I think it is, it's, I guess it's not a surprise. Manu um, had a bit of a shocker against Newcastle. They've got tough fixtures as well. Chelsea up next, um, Liverpool in 30. And it's actually now been five blanks in a row for Lingard and, and four in a row for Pogba. 
So, uh, yeah, those guys are being thrown out of our team as we look to um, look at other options, such as um, Walcott, who we mentioned earlier. There's an exodus from United, as you said. I mean, it hasn't quite impacted uh, De Gea yet. Jones um, is appearing kind of on the periphery, so 50,000 people plus have have parted ways with Big Phil so far. Um, but it will be interesting to see if United can rally, especially in these tough games, and, and maybe do something. With Mourinho effectively conceding the title, could it be that he kind of chunters on to you know second or third or something just to make sure in the Champions League, but throws all, his, all, all that he's got uh, perhaps at, at the continental competition and uh, eschews any kind of focus on the uh, on the domestic. Who knows? Okay, thanks very much for that, Nick. Um, let's move on to the uh, the community section after this break. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back, and it's uh, time for the community section of the podcast and um, a quick catch up with the who got the assist mini league. And um, so no change at the top. Still, uh, Damitane with Lallana and Ant, um, registered trademark. He got 107 points this game week, which is, uh, you know, it was a high-scoring game week, but 1793 um, he's now on in total, which is great for him. And um, he's actually got someone on his tail because we've got, a, I think it's a new entry to it the league. It is a new entry, yeah. uh, Jamal. Jamal's team name, he got 83 points, and he's on 1,780 points. So he's only 13 points behind Damir. So it's a bit of rivalry now, which um, will... Yeah, a bit exciting for us because I think Damir's been top of our league for approximately about 20 game weeks or something shocking like that. So um, we'll see how he gets on in the close season. Um, just a quick mention to the um, other one, other people in the top five. We've got two goals, one shot. Andrew Ferguson still having a storm of the season. He's he got 95 points. Uh, cruise control, Stevie Sunshine. Uh, drops a place because he's on. Uh, he only got sixty-seven, and another new entry, D Boy with uh, D Boy United. He's he got eighty-nine points. So, um, well done to you guys. Um, all having great seasons. And um, just a quick shout out again uh, this week um, to the community at large. You guys listening right now. Um, when we woke up on Monday morning, uh, we saw that we passed five thousand followers on uh, on Twitter, and um, I think it's just. I, I again I said I was lost for words and I really am like th- thanks so much like we, we hope that you enjoy everything we do we do this for nothing other than as a project for ourselves and we've re- been really enjoying this whole season like, we get things right and wrong but as I said on pod one we're just regular guys not claiming to uh, to be experts we nerdly love FPL giving our opinions and talking about it and we really appreciate that you guys are on board with us and, and like what we're doing and uh yeah, I, I think that's bit that's kind of you know kept us going and and been an amazing motivation. Thanks, thanks very much. Yeah, thanks guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's all about the community, and um, we really appreciate all the support that everyone's uh, provided us. Um, so uh, yeah, should we should we move on to the questions then? And I guess the first question's from at fpl.com about chip diversity, and um, he's asked us: Has the free hits chip made it easier or more complex for managers? Um, do you want to start us off with this one, Ben? Okay. I mean, I've just looked back at my Twitter feed. My reaction last summer to when I first found out about this free hit chip, and my tweet was, this this free hit chip will make navigating the bank game weeks later in the season so much easier. And then half an hour later, I said, I've changed my mind. This free hit chip will actually make it more complicated. Um, <laughs> it makes makes it easier in one way, but the complicated part is there's so many different options. So you've you've got... I mean, it just there's different way different ways of doing it to suit different teams, and everyone just has to make the best decision for their own team. There's no standard method anymore. Um, 
So yeah, maybe it rewards people who think about it a bit more deeply. Yeah, I think with the with with this particular chip, uh, a lot of the time, I think we use last the, the the season just gone as a barometer for what's about to happen. And you know, last year with with game week twenty eight um, being so barren, um, I think we had Everton and uh, Liverpool as kind of two of the main fixtures that week. We were all anticipating that could happen, but as you've pointed out earlier on in the pod, like things things have come down differently this year you know it, it has turned into a case uh, maybe it's not quite as extreme as this but you know we'll stay inside till somebody finds us do whatever ben credin tells us effectively because it has been one of those years where um there has been a, a fair bit of planning involved in the free hit chip because of what it offers um on paper maximizing that chip is obviously very attractive but planning and implementing that at the right time has certainly got thoughts going I can see why people played it earlier in the year. Um, I know a lot of people played it kind of in the first 10 game weeks thinking, well, I've started poorly. I'm going to get this kind of temporary boost to, from 1 million to 200K and then I push onwards, which has worked for a lot of people. Um, but now, equally, it could be very good in game week 35, but I, I still have a slight kind of nagging worry um, that I've missed the boat almost and it could have been better played elsewhere. I, I just don't know. And it might be one of those times where I'll play it in 35, as I said earlier, because it's the least worst option for the free hit chip. But on on kind of uh, post-season hindsight review, I could have played it earlier on. Uh, what do you think about free hit, Nick? Uh, what were your initial thoughts about it? And uh, how do you think um, that has changed the landscape for FPL managers? Well, I think in the long run, it's um, it's better than it's um, the the old all-out attack, which I don't think I ever saw anyone that got a um, positive score out of using it. It, it offers a lot in terms of options for engaged managers, and I think it it has paid off for some people who've used it already. For instance, some people have used it when they've had an injury crisis with their team, but then they've scored big and have wished that they they still had those guys rather than going back to the sort of the, the crap pot that was their old team. So it's a it's an interesting chip. I think it definitely um, suits the the blanks and the doubles well. I originally thought that I would use it for um, a blank game week, but um, we haven't really seen like a really heavy blank game week that required it. So I think it, it suits itself quite well to be sandwiched in between those two double game weeks for me. It'd be very interesting to see what what the best or the optimal way of doing things using hindsight 2020 vision uh, may have been. Okay, uh, let's move on to uh, Liverpool, um, Liverpool third slot. So obviously, Ben, you've got Mane. Uh, Nick and I have got uh, Van Dyke. So Matt, a Yahoo Daily Fantasy, uh, Andy Goodland and Alex Ball. Um, ask uh, ask us about kind of that Liverpool kind of uh, composition in your team. Um, so uh, Salah and maybe Firmino, uh, highly owned. Um, so who's the best out of kind of VVD, Mane? Let, let's include Firmino there as well, because I know you don't have him, Ben. Uh, what, what's the best configuration for Liverpool um, going forward, do you think? And, you know, I've already told you who I've got. I've, I've already tripled up. I've got uh, Salah, Firmino and VVD. Um, because I think that that's a decent spine. I've kind of even f- forgotten about the fact that Salah plays for Salah plays Liverpool. To be honest, because he's so ubiquitous that your combo is basically Salah plus a defender or a midfielder or a forward. Just so good that it doesn't really matter who he plays for. So uh, Ben, what do you think about Liverpool and you know 
how are we going to cover this going forward? Also bearing in mind, of course, uh, cooptation with regard to the UCL. Well, uh, yeah, I've got Manny, Firmino and Salah. Um, as I said, I started preparing for the blank game week straight after the fourth round of the FA Cup. And that was before Liverpool played Huddersfield and then had Tottenham. And I had little faith in the Liverpool defence back then. So I thought it'd be more useful to go for three attackers. But obviously since then, their defence has solidified a bit and Van Dijk looks really settled in the team now. So if I could walk it back, I'd, I'd probably have gone for Van Dijk. Um, yeah, if you've got two Liverpool players and looking to get one more, it depends if you're chasing or if you want it, if you're like protecting a lead. Um, I think you can gain more points maybe by, by getting Mane instead of Van Dijk. Obviously, you want Firmino as well. But Van Dijk is a safe choice or one of the defenders, even Karius. And uh, they look, look like good fixtures to get clean sheets in over the next few few weeks, maybe excluding Man United. But yeah, you could miss out if you don't know a Liverpool player. Liverpool defender, sorry. Yeah, I think a lot of people will be looking at a Liverpool defender. Nick Greenwood also asked us a similar question. Nick Greenwood from the Fancy Football Heads group. He asked us, uh, Mane or or Virgil van Dijk. And um, we're actually doing uh, another red roulette. So we're revisiting the red roulette from the summer where we talked a lot about how um, there was so much choice in the Liverpool midfield. You never knew who would score. And um, our designer, Matt's done a new graphic for us, which will be on the website soon but um yeah i think i think it's clear and spoiler that salah has been a, a must own this season and and for me you know, as well for the double up and um mané's stats have just sort of paled in in comparison i guess and um to, it, it, i think it's quite cool to to go all out and triple attack in one team like liverpool but that's a lot a lot of money being thrown at the one club and i think definitely think the defense is is worth an investment as well. So Mane is an interesting differential. He's only 7.4% owned. So if you're chasing points, I can understand the appeal of sort of investing and going for him. But um, I I think the people I would recommend it would be um, Robertson and, and Van Dijk um, in the back. And um, it's a shame that there's too many question marks at the moment in regards to the other right back slot. And I'm not I'm not really sure about Lovren, Matip or um, Karius either because um, I just don't think those guys can be trusted. Um, Liverpool, though, this season, they've had the, they've actually had the sixth-best defence with only 31 goals conceded, and they actually only they've conceded the second-least shots out of all teams as well, with only City conceding fewer. So I think there's um, a lot to be said about the defence, and uh, with those fixtures, um, you know, they've got West Ham, Newcastle, then Man United, but then Watford and Crystal Palace... Um, it's definitely um, a case that you can triple up and invest in one of their defenders. Yeah, for sure. I think you know a lot of us have little faith in the uh, in the Liverpool backline, but as the figures that you've cited make me think. Well, um, moving on to uh, their, their Merseyside rivals, Everton. Um, MJ FPL Fanatics asks, which Everton assets are we looking at? He's in the market and looking at Siggy and Walcott. We've spoken about obviously the. Uh, with plethora of options in midfield. Are there any others there apart from those two um, who are looking uh, of interest? Uh, ben, what, what's your initial thoughts on the Everton midfield slash the Everton team? I'm leaning towards Sigurdsson, like I said earlier, because I think he's going to be more influential in the away matches. If they, if they do get chances, there might be better chances. And Walcott, I mean, I'd trust him more in the home games, I think. Um, and yeah, just looking at the right-back slot, it's, it's waiting on news on, on Coleman. To see if he um if he's injured or not and whether Kenny might be a good way into their defence. 
Um, and, and Pickford is certainly an option in, in, in goalkeeper. I think uh, if you can, if you want to make a goalkeeper switch, there's, there's cheap options in the in the defence, but they haven't looked that good. Yeah, I think um, the defence at the beginning of the season, I think they were all a bit overpriced, and they've had a pretty poor season in general in terms of um, defending. So I'm not really looking at any Everton defenders. Coleman, I mean, he's an interesting guy, but he's very expensive still, and he's obviously not. Um, he's injured, and he's, he's still recovering from his horrific injury, and then that impacts on um, John Joe Kenny's uh, minutes as well. I think um, the two kind of main people. I think apart from Nias, maybe as an interesting um, option up front, but then he's also prone to rotation with um, Calvert-Lewin and Tosin, uh, perhaps. But I think the, the two most people will be looking at are, are Sigurdsson and, and Walcott. And uh, I, did, I guess I did the comparison of the two, actually, um, using fantasy football scout data. And I, Walcott is definitely the more offensive of the two based on the last six um, game weeks. His heat maps... Um, Shows he's been getting forward into more offensive positions than Sigurdsson. He's had Walcott's had nine goal attempts, six inside the box, four on target, and two goals. While Sigurdsson, on the other hand, has um, only six um, goal attempts, two in the box, and only one on target. And I think he just hasn't really looked that comfortable in an Everton um, shirt this season compared to um, when he played for Swansea. He had more freedom, and um, I, I looked actually looked at Sigurdsson's heat map last season compared to this season and he's really been restricted to the wings um, this season where he's arguably less comfortable compared to vast um, patches where he was in the attacking midfield position which he occupied a lot more of um, at Swansea and it's very interesting really to see uh, how how much Sigerson has dropped off since he signed for Everton and He's not. Re- he hasn't been the FPL darling that we were kind of used to for the last few seasons. He's uh, he's more kind of just like look. Feels like we're looking for astronauts when we kind of want want to see Gilfie, um perform in the blank game week, and and we might we might be let down. We we might not be. Yeah, for sure. I think I think for me, as I said right at the top, that I'm probably going to be eschewing Everton this game week and I think a lot of it will be who out of uh, Siggy and Walcott A fits in my team B is the most owned so covering and C who looks like they're kind of in better form to do something for me so maybe maybe that's that case um, and moving on to the final question um, the theme is obviously all about you Ben <laughs> so uh, David Isaacs asked asked us uh, how does Ben do it all and uh, Tech Nugent on Reddit checks in from Norway to ask how much you uh, to ask how much time uh, do you spend on spreadsheets and were you a whiz at this kind of thing at school? No, I wasn't a whiz at this kind of thing. I only really started making spreadsheets to track my poker results a couple of years ago when I was a poker player, and then I just thought it'd be a good a good way to to plan out the double game weeks and look at them. Um, in, Answer to the question of how I know it all. I had a secret meeting with the schedule makers two years ago, and they told me how that they they fit the the spine fixes into the double game weeks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I just use a bit of logic, um, a bit of math to predict the the blank game weeks. Um, having two big monitors on the PC definitely helps. Yeah, I mean, your spreadsheets are heaven-faced, though, Ben, and uh, I'm sure like the FPL community at large really appreciate all the, the help that you essentially dole out to them for free. So, uh, yeah, keep it up and great work. Cool. All right, uh, let's move on to the end of the podcast then. So next week is obviously the, the beginning of this uh, four-week period of uh, strategies and changing approaches and different perspectives, and hopefully we've encompassed 
the majority of uh, what you could possibly be facing uh, within this podcast as we said at the beginning if uh, just apply the advice you may have heard and obviously we're very thankful with Ben uh, to be on today um l- let's talk about our captain choices and changes guys so th- this week for me um i'm going to be i've removed alonso uh, so the hashtag along go uh, plan has been put in motion he's he's gone i've got van dyke in and i'm expecting alonso to to to, ju- to suitably punish me uh, Alonso went um, so I could a get a uh, blanker in. Uh, Van Dyke to me just looked the uh, hygiene factor, frankly, for 34, uh, 31 and uh, freed up some money. And um, I said I'm bringing in Mares and Ericsson. At this point, I, I feel like it's uh, worth doing for the f- the free games coming up for Leicester and uh, Spurs that we spoke about earlier. And I'm probably going to, for the first time this season, um, be captaining Salah. That probably says a lot about me as an FPL manager, doesn't it? I should live in Seoul <laughs> for, for being so stupid. Um, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be captaining Salah. Uh, what about you, Ben? What are you doing this week? Well, I'm, I'm definitely upgrading Lingard. I'm going to wait for news on, on Jones's injury. But I do need to free up some money so I can upgrade Lingard to one of the uh, Everson midfielders. I was thinking Sigurdsson, but you might have convinced me to get Walcott. Um I'm looking at Maguire, even though he has a blank. So I could replace Otamendi or Jones with Maguire. And then if I need to free up more money, then I can downgrade De Gea down to um, maybe Foster. It seems a bit like a stupid move, but it kind of works. I think the fix is going forward. We'll see. Yeah, interesting moves there. I mean, mine are very similar to yours, Tom. So I think I mentioned earlier, but I've sold Pogba and uh, brought in Ericsson for Spurs. Um, nice fixtures. I've also sold Alonso as well and brought in Van Dyke. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, this game week, I'm going to be captaining Salah as well. So, a lot of riding, I guess, on that Liverpool-West Ham game. Looking at my team, I'm tripled up in Liverpool, double Manchester City, double Spurs. So, I'm quite heavily reliant on three teams to do well. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Jones... It's interesting. He's injured, but he'll be sitting on my bench. So it's probably going to be uh, Zanker and Simpson in the defence with uh, John Joe Kenny as the uh, first choice sub. So uh, yeah, it's not looking not looking too good. But um, we'll wait and see. And if uh, Salah has another barnstorming performance and can blanks for a change, then I might be okay. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I didn't want to be anyone's ghost with my team, but it seems like at the moment you and I are both treading a, a fairly similar path, I'm afraid. All right. Um, so there's a theme to each pod. Uh, last time out uh, was Scrubs and uh, Andy Goodland again got that one absolute machine. And there are obviously quite a few people like uh, John T, FFS who also uh, picked that up. Uh, just to reiterate who we are, we are who got the assist, um, you can find us at WGTA underscore FPL and who got the assist.com. Um, and uh, what's your uh, Twitter handle, Ben, if, if people want to follow you? It's at Ben Crellin. Uh, that's C-R-E-L-L-I-N. Yeah, definitely worth a follow if you're on Twitter. Um, our league code as well, if you want to join our mini league, it's 1538-17403. And we'll be back after this weekend's games. Yep. Thanks very much, Ben, for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks very much. And uh, yeah, we hope this assisted you. Thanks, guys. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.